Hello, happy Thursday and welcome to another rendition of the podcast. So change of scenes today, I'm actually, I'm recording this in the middle of a park under a tree making a kind of bizarre tent with myself and my t-shirt. It's so nice in the UK this week. I couldn't really bear sitting in having another day at the laptop. So I thought, do you know what? I'll grab some coffee, I'll park you know, somewhere and I'll record the podcast in the car. At least then I'll be out and about. Well, of course I order extra hot coffee. I park up, the car gets absolutely roasting. I open the windows and there's a lovely family, but a lovely loud family having a picnic right next to me. So it just wasn't gonna happen. So apologies if you can hear birds trees the occasional tractor going by i'm trying to keep this as good a sound quality as i can um but we'll see how we go another q a today it's the second half of the power challenge check-in q a this one based a little bit more mindset and nutrition so if this is something that you like to hear me chat about this is something that's more applicable to you than say the training and fitness side of things very very relevant let me fire on into these questions as ever if you've got any questions comments anything pop them below email instagram any of that good stuff let's fire straight on into the first one when going out for tea what are some of the best choices to make main course wise as i'm not having starter or a pudding Okay, there is a whole, whole, whole podcast on how to eat out and stay on track. So definitely go and listen to that and everything that you would need to know, different strategies that you can employ are all covered in that podcast. But let's have a little nosy at this. It sounds as though from the phrasing of the question that you're pretty set on that you're going to go out for tea, but you're going to stay on track. So you've kind of made that decision that I'm going to go out, I'm going to enjoy myself, but I'm not going to let it be a completely fuck it situation i'm going to keep tabs on what i'm having if that's the case the best advice i can possibly give is try and mirror as close to something that you would make at home as possible so say for instance you go for like a lean meat a carb source massive load of veggies always just order extra veggies anyway and try and make it something as similar to the sizes to the proportions to the portions that you would have at home and that's a really really good place to start i think cuisine is a good one as well so certain cuisines are just easier to to stay on track with than others like italian generally just with the high doses of olive oil creamy sauces and indian again if it's coconut based or peanut sauces these tend to be a little bit harder to program around so you might want to try you know either traditional mediterranean like something that's going to be just lower in calorie by nature of the ingredients that those cuisines lend themselves to those are kind of good hints and tips that i would go for and like i say do enjoy it and do let yourself relax but it does sound as though you've already made that decision that you're going to enjoy it as the social event for what it is but that it's not going to be your massive indulgence for the week so good luck with that let me know how you get on next one i need to try and spread my calories through the day as i don't think i'm very good at that and like you i like a full plate especially at the end of the day any tips i completely hear you there is nothing worse than feeling restricted all day getting to the end of your day and realizing you have so many more calories to have and trying to find ways to almost cram them in it just feels 
slightly disorganized and I, I do I understand the distribution what I would do and because you mentioned uh, an end of the day meal and that seems to be your priority your focus towards the whole day I would start with that so what to do is open up here my fitness pal go to tomorrow and input what you plan to have for dinner like an ideal scenario for your for your evening meal don't go crazy you I know the person who asked this question so I know you have a good understanding of portion control but input your evening meal first now work back from there so start with the evening meal then input the protein sources of your lunch and your breakfast and then structure all of the other calories remaining around those two meals so that way you don't end up with loads and loads left at the end you don't feel like you're chasing your tail trying to make up and I like this anyway as a rule of thumb inputting the day before with my fitness pal I think it just makes sense it then reads as a menu so you're not making up as you go along it takes that anxiety away because you're literally just looking okay oh that's what I'm having for breakfast oh and lunch oh yeah I remember oh dinner yeah of course and then at the end of the day that's you all set so give that a go I normally do say input protein but if the evening meal is your focus start with that evening meal input that and work your way back reverse engineer from that point and I completely agree with you. There's nothing more satisfying when you're on a quote-unquote diet looking down and seeing a full plate of food. I don't think anything screams restriction more than looking at a single chicken breast with some salad. Like that is just not my jam. I'm not interested. I know it's not going to make me happy. I know it's not going to stimulate my taste buds. I know it's not going to make me feel full. Like I just, I just don't want that. That just, to me, diet. Bulking up meals is a tool that I put a little bit of focus on recently and is something that I'm definitely, definitely going to employ going forward. And I really, really encourage anyone else to do it as well, particularly from that psychological perspective of looking down and thinking, oh, actually, do you know what? This looks great. There's so much of it. So where do you start with bulking up meals? Have a little look at the old Instagram. I think there's a few posts on there. General rule of thumb, go for your veggies, your low density, high volume foods. Just grab one of those massive stir fry veg packs, grab a massive salad bag, you know, spinach is my go-to, the um, vegetable rice, don't eat them on their own, by the way, mix them in with normal rice. I had a few messages like, guys, these are awful. And I was like, oh yeah, please don't eat them on their own. <laughs> put them in a sauce, put them in something else. If you have a sauce, put in another tin of tomatoes, like in a tin of chopped tomatoes, it's like 40 calories for half the thing. Put it in and mix it in with your another sauce. Make things look bigger, more satisfying than they already are play to your strengths like make this easy for yourself you don't want to look down be unhappy with your plate before you've even started which segues very very nicely into the next question top tips for eating smart and bulking out meals for someone who really isn't a huge veggie fan okay you know the thing you do with kids when you hide vegetables do that honestly i'm not kidding vegetables don't taste of anything if you chop them up small enough hide them in sauces chop them up as small as you can pop them in a tomato sauce and all you're going to taste is the tomato sauce get yourself a spiralizer spiralize sweet potato butternut squash so when you're having something like a stir fry you could have half, half carbohydrate noodles half spiralized veg noodles pop your sauce on top and you'll never know the difference the advantage as well you're getting half the carbohydrate fuel 
half the veg nutrients, but it's really, really low in calorie. So it makes it a really good alternative. The other thing you could do as well, go for the vegetables that don't actually, they're quite non-offensive in their general taste. So things like celery, courgette, aubergine, mushroom, like by the time you chop them up really small, cook them, they don't taste of anything. In a salad, it's just things like lettuce, cucumber, like they don't really have that much specific taste the other thing you could do if this is a real real issue if you've got extra calories and things like snacks focus those calories into the sauces of your meals so that you are putting more into the flavors so you're getting extra from your sauces maybe you're topping with a bit of extra cheese to cover up those veggies whatever that may be for you but just make sure you're getting them in there like i say trick yourself see how many you can get in a week I'm literally using my hair as a shield, so I'm hoping it's kind of keeping some of this wind out of the way. Right, next question. How can I avoid bloating or ways to help the bloat? Okay, so first things first, very, very prevalent. Did you see my post last night about period bloat? How charming, but yeah. So period bloat is an absolute thing. The first thing I would ask you to determine is whether you think it's to do with diet or whether it's hormonal. If it's diet, is it to do with how quickly you're eating? Is it to do with dehydration? Is it a slight food intolerance? I would really, really pinpoint first and foremost when the bloating is happening, how severe it is, how long it lasts, and if there's anything that you think is triggering it. If it keeps happening, like we're talking like a once every couple of days is it something in your diet that's making this happen if that's the case careful careful tabs for a couple of days and just see if there's any particular foods that you think might be doing it if it is I would try and go to as many whole sources as possible so limit as much processed food as you can go to whole sources and what I mean by whole sources I mean one ingredient foods so anything that has been picked out the ground off a tree off a bush a lean meat something in its simplest form one ingredient nothing more try and keep your diet as close to that as possible limit the process and see if that does improve it if it doesn't it might be something else that's going on are you eating your food too quickly do you take time to chew and do you take time to digest your food are you drinking enough water when you are drinking that water are you sipping it or are you gulping it sorry this is like 20 questions but i think it's worth considering all of these and if any of them have a place to play if you don't think it's anything to do with diet is it to do with movement are you moving enough during the day or do you feel like you're being quite sedentary I like moving at several points during the day. So instead of doing like one massive load of steps, I like spreading up, spreading out throughout the day so that you're keeping kind of constant. Um, if that's something that you don't do, try it. And um, that can also help with the bloat, which was your other question. So how to help bloating, I don't really recommend going into like a massive hit session if you feel very, very heavy and lethargic, but definitely getting out and getting steps up would be a good way to do that, as well as drinking more, slowing down what you're eating, maybe fasting for a little bit would help reduce your bloat and um, if it's hormonal this is exactly the same thing and I'm a massive fan of this with ladies please track your cycle even if you are taking methods of contraception even if you are peri 
postmenopausal, whatever that may be for you, I really, really recommend tracking your cycle and getting to know what is your normal. Like, do you have various points of the month where you just tend to bloat? I do. Now, I can pinpoint what weeks they're going to be, absolutely. And I know that it's down to hormonal changes and not down to anything else. But because I know my cycle inside and out, it allows me to do that. So, again, really, really simply try and break down. Do you think it's to do with diet? Do you think it's to do with hormones? If it's diet, strip back and ask yourself the questions. Are you eating enough whole foods? Are you eating slow enough? Are you drinking enough? And are you moving enough? If you think it's hormonal, I really recommend tracking your cycle, whether that is like old school pen and paper, whether it's popping notes in your phone. I do mine in Google Calendar and I just have little boxes where I just write things like, oh, it's cravy week. Like I know what that means. Um, you know, it's it's get to know you, get to know your your rhythms and your routines and go from there. Actually, other things that I should mention as well, beverages. So things like milk, carbonated beverages and alcohol can really exacerbate any bloating that's going on. If you think it's something to do with that, really, really consider what it is that you're drinking. And if it is that, replace with water for a while and see if it goes away. Um, The other thing, lifestyle factors. So stress is a massive one. You'll hear bodybuilders talk about this. So they try and limit the amount of stress that they put themselves through before they go on stage because it can physically present itself in their physique. The reason I mention bodybuilders is because they're so lean, it makes it really, really noticeable. Like in your eye, it might not be quite so poignant, but because these competitors are the leanest of the lean by the time they get to stage weight, any stress that they're carrying any bloating that they have is really really obvious so they really try and keep that as limited as possible the other thing that I would say anyone who's ever worked a night shift anyone who's ever done an all-nighter been up with their kids had a super early start got on a flight first thing in the morning that can really really play havoc with bloating and how you're feeling how your tummy is sitting etc how you're digesting your food so think about lifestyle factors stress routine are you sleeping enough are you staying up late at night are you sleeping in any of those might also be contributing to it next one what if any bars are good for you to eat if you're on the go i'm having the nature valley protein bars peanut butter and chocolate but i don't know if they're good to have Okay, so firstly, I don't like good or bad foods. There's no good or bad. It's just where they fit into your diet, whether they're the most optimal way to be spending your calories. Protein bars, they have their place, don't get me wrong, but I instead of looking at protein bars as a protein source, I prefer to look at them as substantial chocolate bars. They're like chocolate bars with a little extra that's how I prefer to look at them rather than real sources of food. I again prefer, and this is personal preference, I prefer to have my food in meals rather than bars from a psychologically filling standpoint, but also from a nutrient standpoint, like less processed. I'd rather have whole sources in a meal rather than in a bar. Now that comes down to food prep, that comes down to being in control organized and having those meals at hand and not having to do that kind of grab on the go situation in all honesty if I was going past a shop and I had to grab on the go I would be much more inclined to grab a pack of pre-made chicken breast and a salad or something like that or couscous or you know some kind of pre-made rice rather than grab a bar purely because with protein bars sometimes you're talking like 220 calories I can have 
chicken and salad for that I could make a massive omelet for that like I just don't really like the the bang for your buck I don't really feel like it's there and I also feel that it induces other snacking behaviors particularly if you start the day off I'm really against these kind of like porridge bars or like starting the day off with a cereal bar I think psychologically it programs you to continue to graze that's just personal preference now you might be completely different but that would be my go-to I wouldn't recommend a bar to be honest start getting your meals right first and if you want to introduce things like bars as a treat do so and um, but I would spend a little bit more time on the meal prep front and being in control of things from that point of view before you start going into substituting out for things like protein bars if you do have to reach for a bar what I would suggest is looking at the protein content and the sugar so basically you want as high a protein content as you can with as low a sugar therefore lower calorie but actually if you're in that situation you've had to pop into a shop go over to the kind of deli section can you grab a little bit of chicken can you go over and buy some rice cakes like that's probably going to give you better macros for the calories spent than picking up a standard cereal bar or a protein bar also protein bars are really expensive they really are creeping up and i'm just not a massive fan i finished them i'm still hungry i want more chocolate i'm just not satisfied okay next one any guidance on how to eat when i go nocturnal so this is someone that i know is going from essentially a day shift role into a night shift and how to deal with that and firstly i would say Anyone who does work night shift patterns, I have nothing but respect for you. In terms of how mentally challenging it is, physically, the toll that it can take on your body, your circadian rhythm, everything. Like there's a reason the whole world does not work a night shift pattern. It is hard. And I think just even acknowledging that before you go into it, and I don't mean to send that, say that with kind of doom and gloom, it's just acknowledging that it's going to be a little bit difficult and it's going to take a little bit of adaptation from you an open mind and a willingness to try different strategies. The reason that I say this is because I know so many people have different ways of approaching it. Some ladies I know will essentially just switch their routine over completely. So they'll eat breakfast in the evening, then they'll have lunch kind of halfway through the night, they'll have dinner when they in the morning basically and then they'll go to sleep and then they'll kind of cycle all the way through my brother works night shifts and I know he has like steak and chips first thing in the morning drinks red wine and then goes to bed when he told me this I went what but it actually makes sense like he just completely flips the routine of life on its head and that's just what works well for him other people I know try and keep their kind of day shift routine as much as possible particularly if they're alternating between days off and nights and then they work that a little bit differently. The thing that I would say is listen to your body. It's going to take a little while to fall into a pattern. The most frequent thing I hear anecdotally is a loss of appetite. And what I really encourage when people feel that is to keep eating. I know that sounds converse, but what happens when you quote unquote lose that appetite is that at some point, probably your day off, it's going to come back with a vengeance. And that day off that you have when you're perhaps not as busy, you're at home, you're around the house, and then you suddenly start to feel hungry, that's not a winning combination, to be honest, for in terms of like restriction, overindulgence. You know, I go on about that a lot. So what I would say is keep tabs on it have lots of options available to you that's going to allow you to experiment but little and often keep the digestive tract going keep your energy levels as stable as you can if ever there was a time to be prioritizing 
higher fat and a protein-based diet, it's now. The reason being, your carbohydrates and a high-carb diet, high-sugar snacks, are going to exacerbate those glucose levels those blood sugar spikes in the in the bloodstream so it's going to give you those highs and those crashes if ever there was a time where you don't want that to feature it's probably now so lots of high fat so dark chocolate your nut butters things that are denser denser snacks protein shakes chicken lean meats everything like have all of these things to hand so that those are your snacks instead of the quick fixes be careful with caffeine as well as well where you use and utilize caffeine is quite important you don't want to impact your sleep any more than it will be already and please understand that i'm not saying this to scare you i'm just saying it to um to kind of open your eyes a little bit and just be open to suggestion and consideration and like i say it might take a few weeks to get used to so the next one this is really unusual. I've never been asked this question before. It's very niche and I was asked it twice in this week's check-ins. So generally the question was apple cider vinegar for fat loss. Yes or no. So apple cider vinegar as a supplement for fat loss. So what are the claims? Essentially the claims are that taking a small amount of apple cider vinegar throughout the day lowers your blood sugar levels, can decrease your insulin levels, improve your metabolism and basically reduce the amount of fat that you store on your body. How likely is this to be, you know, how likely are these claims? Firstly, I'll start by saying I actually used to take apple cider vinegar. So I took apple cider vinegar through two photo shoots that I've done previously. I took a shot of it mixed with a little bit of water at the end of the day before going to bed. It was absolutely disgusting and I remember for the second one I had the most horrible protein as well so it was apple cider vinegar shot and a protein shake before bed and honestly I just it wasn't something you'd ever look forward to anyway the long and the short of it like any supplement it is that it is a supplement it is there to enhance what would already be in place. So this actually goes for all supplements. They play no role, if you ask me, in diet, unless everything in your diet is already squeaky clean, is where it should be. One of the most common things you see is people go absolutely headlong into supplementation. They've got the BCAs, they've got the creatine, they've got that, and their diet is absolutely chronic. There is no point in doing that and spending all of that money on all of these extras when the main thing isn't in place. It's like going outside with all of your accessories on. So you've got your earrings on, all your jewelry, your bag, but you're naked. Like that's essentially what it is. Like get your clothes on first, get that sorted, get the main pieces on first before you add the extras. It's so common and it's quite disheartening because people feel that it will be that quick fix it feeds into this quick fix attitude that we have that if we just take this fat burning pill if we just sip this magic juice that it's going to change everything no 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 get your diet in place first without going on a rant apple cider vinegar I don't think it does any harm. Remember, it's an acid, so that's why it's important to dilute it with a little bit of water. It will be quite harsh on your stomach. It's not necessarily going to do you any harm, I don't think. Did it positively impact my progress? I don't know, is the honest answer, because I was in such a calorie deficit at the time. I don't know how much of 
what my results were like were due to that or whether it was to do due to supplementation. The only way that you would know that would be to minimize the variables. So you'd have to stay in a very, very consistent diet, add in that as a supplement, see if it made any notable change. If I'm honest, I don't think that it does. Otherwise, it would be this thing that we all just did anyway and you know, no one would ever question it. The thing that does go in its favor, I presume, is that it's, I, sorry, the thing that does go in its favor is it's not like it's expensive. You can pick it up in the supermarket. You can even add it to things like salad dressings. So you can actually make it as part of your diet instead of shotting it, um, which does make it a little bit more, if you want to say, quote unquote, useful than other supplements. I don't think that it's like a magic cure. I don't think that it's going to like fix anything overnight. Is it going to do you loads and loads of harm? Probably not. Um, So you could give it a go, but I don't have really any strong feelings either way. The fact that it's not, as I say, too expensive. It's not like if someone was going to pay like hundreds of pounds for diet pills, I would say absolutely not. Put that money into getting really great food for the next couple of weeks. But because this is just something that you could pick up, you can always try it. Um, You can make like mix it with a little bit of olive oil and it make a nice salad dressing. So you could have it that way, as I say. But um, no, there's there are lots of claims. Try it. Honestly, what's the worst that can happen? Okay, the next few are a little bit more mindset focused. And I've had to run back to the car. It's getting too windy underneath that tree. So we'll just sweat it out. These are the things that we do. Right, next one. Before I had my daughter seven years ago, I never lacked any motivation for exercise. I was at the gym two or three times a week. Although I'm extremely unhappy with my body, I now lack the motivation for regular exercise. How do I get it back? Okay, I would acknowledge first and foremost that your life priorities have now been flipped on their head. You have new priorities. Your daughter is here and your mum, you're trying to fit all of this in and you are a different person, essentially. A different person with different priorities, different goals, different lifestyle, different routine. So don't compare. Uh, Comparison is the thief of joy and this is normally applied when people compare themselves to others, but no, it applies to you as well. Don't compare yourself in your current situation to what your circumstances were then. From a practical point of view, what I would suggest is that start off nice and gently. You don't need to be hammering straight into those two to three gym sessions per week. Get moving a bit more. Get out and about, get walking, get moving. Maybe you program one class in per week and that's what you do. You often find that once you start, that's the hardest part. And then once the, it's like pushing a tire or starting anything the start is the difficult bit. Once it gets rolling, once it gets moving, once you've built momentum, then it's a little bit easier to keep it going, keep it going, build it up. But it's that initial push. And like I said, don't expect too much. Don't compare. Just start. Just start and see where it takes you. Anecdotally, I think we can all agree that once things get going, once you do that, once you take a little bit more care with your diet, movement comes hand in hand with that. You will then start to become a little bit more invested, interested and involved in all aspects of your health and fitness journey. But I think I would take a quiet step back, not expect too much and set really realistic goals uh, for yourself. If you currently live quite a sedentary lifestyle and do no exercise, set a 6,000 step goal for yourself each day and one session per week that's more than enough get your meals in check so start by getting your dinners on plan get all of those per week in check then lunches 
then breakfast. Take it very, very easy. Don't expect too much and think about long-term gain. It will come back. It will. It might look slightly different. It might be, but like we say, your lifestyle is now different and that's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just priorities and where your focus now is. The next two are really similar. I'm just going to read them, but I'm going to answer them together. How do you stay focused and on track when it feels like nothing will ever change? And the next one, how do you get back on track when you feel so behind and manage your time, especially now that workload's increasing and other issues pop up and you feel you have to prioritize? Okay. These are both issues of overwhelm, I believe. Anyway, I believe it's that mindset of, there's too much to tackle, there's too much going on, I will never be able to do that. Okay, stop, relax, and breathe. Going at 100 miles an hour, these high levels of anxiety, cortisol pumping, adrenaline going through, like, stop. You are operating on too high a stress level to allow you to make kind of rational decisions. Set aside an hour, an hour or two to just sit down calmly and think about what your priorities are. And I'm not saying that it's not easy. It's absolutely not easy, but it's not going to get any better unless you take time to do that. These sound like a little bit of an issue with misdirection, lack of focus and lack of goals. And by the way, that happens to everyone. So sit down and think about, okay, what is my fitness goal? Leading back to the previous question as well, don't overwhelm yourself. What are your goals in relation to where you are now? Make them really realistic and make them doable for your week ahead. This is something that I like to do either on a Sunday or Monday morning at the very latest. Sit down and think about what I want to get out of the week. And the crucial thing about it, make it one thing. One or two things, absolute maximum. If you want to read the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller, it'll give you good insight into this. But one or two things only that you're going to achieve at the end of this week. Hone in on them and make them realistic, make them things that you can actually do in the next seven days. When it comes to time management, you know, if you know me well enough, I am a massive advocate of Google Calendar. Like I time block everything in my life. Now you might say, okay, well that's ridiculous. That's too highly strong. That It's how I get things done. Um, and I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. I'm not saying it's the way that you should do it. I'm just saying that It allows me to feel a lot more relaxed about my week when I know that everything is in its block, it's programmed in, even relaxation. Like I know when my kind of quote unquote evenings off are going to be purely from the point of view that it's all been programmed in. And like I say, that time spent, that one, two hours at various points of the week actually saved me so much time over over the week. Um, so consider it. If it is a case of stepping back, I would start with that initial stop, breathe, what is essential, what's going to make you happy, what's going to help you work towards your goals, what are you doing at the moment that is unproductive, where's the dead time, is it your evenings, are you? Are there things you could double up on, is there things that you can omit completely, be realistic, relax and take stock. If you need help doing this, message me. Okay, that is it for today. 
I probably won't try and do this outside again for very, very obvious reasons. Sorry if that was annoying. I will uh, make sure to not leave podcasts to sunny days. That's what I'm going to take away from this. But I hope you're all doing wonderfully well. Um, We have 10 days left of our power challenge. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you can all do in the final push towards the end. Online ladies, we will be checking in on Saturday as per. We've got some crazy good goals going on at the moment. Um, Lockdown hasn't stopped anyone for sure. As ever, if you've got any comments, questions, queries about this, if you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the absolute world if you could share it on the old Instagram stories on Facebook you know all that stuff and it really helps and if any of these podcasts have helped anyone if they provide value if they're useful if there's just one little thing that you listen to that you go oh do you know what I'll try that or you know what that has changed things for me then I'm glad that's why I do it and uh, yeah if you've got anything that you would like to talk about more drop me a message but thank you for listening